During the 8th century BC, an Old Testament minor prophet named Hosea ministered in Israel's northern kingdom, faithfully preaching the word of God. However, the nation failed to repent. Though financially prosperous, God's people fell into pagan worship and gross immorality. Eventually, a military superpower called the Assyrians overtook them. God gave Hosea one of the worst ministry assignments ever, to marry a prostitute named Gomer and have children. Their tragic marriage and family became a dramatic sermon illustrating Israel's spiritual adultery. Hosea's story is worth remembering because there's still time for us to repent and return to the Lord our God. Spiritual adultery grieves the heart of God, but God's love is greater and more scandalous than our sin. I'm Ron Jones, and this is something good. God's grace and mercy are two sides of the same coin. By His grace, He gives us what we don't deserve. By His mercy, He withholds what we do deserve. Hello and welcome into this Monday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. I'm Brian Davis, thanks for stopping by. Today, Ron takes us to the book of Hosea, which gives us a beautiful picture of the mercy of God. Time and again, the nation of Israel breaks its covenant with God through sin and rebellion. And yet, God says through the prophet Hosea that he will not come against his children in wrath. Today's message is straight ahead. Stay with us now or visit somethinggoodradio.org where you can listen to the program on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From his teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, here's Ron with part two of his message, Hosea, God's Loyal Love. An unwed teenager who gives birth to Messiah? That that may not shock you today, a a teenage pregnancy should, but it doesn't. Common, right? You know, people giving birth out of wedlock, common in our world. 2,000 years ago, you want to talk about shocking and scandalous. I'm not trying to, you know, discolor the Christmas story, but that's part of the Christmas story, scandal. And how, how would Joseph convince everybody about this, this Holy Spirit conception that they were talking? Would anybody even believe the story? That's part of Christmas. But God was, doesn't seem to be bothered by it. He just moves toward scandal, or what the world would call scandalous, even sent his angels to announce it to the shepherds. Glory to God in the highest. Don't worry about what all those people think, Joseph. This is what I'm doing. And likewise, as he tells his prophet Hosea, gives him a ministry assignment, a hard ministry assignment uh, to marry Gomer. Now, the imagery and the language in Hosea are admittedly offensive. In fact, the Lord calls Israel, are you ready for this? A spiritual whore. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 12 says of the nation, for a spirit of whoredom has led them astray and they have left their God to play the whore. As I was typing that into my computer this week, I didn't get a red squiggly line. That would say that I, I you know, was misspelled. I got a blue squiggly line. Never seen that before. I clicked on it. It said, you might want to change the word. It could be offensive to some audiences. 
<laughs> I'm not going to change the Bible. Because God risks something so scandalous and so offensive to get our attention. So much so that he led Hosea to live this life and to marry this woman to illustrate to Israel in her darkest and last days. One more chance. One more chance for the Lord to, 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 to uh, convey to them his loyal love, his steadfast love that is greater than all of their sin. And to woo them, to beg them, to say, just, just come on home. We'll forget all that you've done. Just repent and return to me. Spiritual adultery was not just Old Testament Israel's problem centuries ago. It's a problem for us today. In fact, James, in his New Testament letter, warns unfaithful Christians this way. He says, you adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. That's in the New Testament, friends. And I know that's strong language. But we have to be careful even as believers in Jesus Christ. And all too often this is true. Our lives don't look any different than the world in which we live. Have you made friends with the world so much that people don't even see the distinction between the life of Christ and you and what it looks like to live, live like a child of the devil? James says to first century believers, you're like spiritual adulterers, making friends with the world, doing exactly, adopting their values and their lifestyle and, and saying, well, it's, it, it's okay. You know, God will forgive me. God, God still loves me. <laughs> yeah, he does. But he doesn't love you enough to leave you that way. And he loves us just enough to say, stop, stop. Repent and come back to me before I have to discipline you as my children. Or if you're not a child of God by faith in Jesus Christ before it's too late to redeem you eternally. In chapters 6 and 7, Hosea reveals Israel's true character through a series of uh, kind of gripping metaphors and similes. For example, in chapter 6 and verse 4, the Lord compares Israel to a morning mist that quickly disappears. What shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you? Your love is like a morning cloud, like the dew that goes early away. You know how it is in the morning. I got up one morning and just saw a little, little cloud forming in the backyard. Looked like a little fog that had just you know, landed there. An hour later, it was gone. God is not impressed with passions for him that come and go so easily. Oh, how I love Jesus, we sing on Sunday. And on Monday, we're living like a child of the devil. In chapter 7 and verse 4, Hosea compares Israel's lust for sin to a hot oven. Listen to this. They are all adulterers. They are like a heated oven whose baker ceases to stir the fire from the kneading of the dough until it is leavened. And then while he is near this hot oven, he goes on to compare Old Testament Israel and their wickedness to uh, a half-baked cake 
He says in chapter 7 and verse 8, Israel mixes himself with the peoples. Ephraim is a cake, not turned. Have you ever eaten a half-baked anything? You put it in your mouth and you want to spit it out, don't you? You want to vomit it out. That's the imagery here. Israel had mixed with the pagan nations. They married their sons and their daughters, even though the Lord warned them against that. And they adopted their religious practices. In time, they became a mix of Jewish ritual and pagan idolatry. And the Lord got a taste of that, and he went, blech, and wanted to spit them out of his mouth. You're a half-baked cake. Hosea goes on to say in chapter 7 and verse 11, Ephraim is like a dove, silly and without sense, calling to Egypt, going to Assyria. Egypt and Assyria proved to be uh, uh, false allies for Israel. How silly of you, Israel, to go back to the nation that enslaved you for so many years, talking about Egypt, or to the nation that all of the prophets have warned, they're coming after you, they're coming after you. That was the Assyrians. Hosea's here in the last years, the darkest hours of Israel's waywardness, just calling out to her again, but the Assyrians are coming, the Assyrians are coming. But they continued to make allies. You silly dove, you have no sense about you. And then finally, Hosea compares Israel to a treacherous bow or to one who betrays. Chapter 7 and verse 16, they return but not upward. They are like a treacherous bow. Their princes shall fall by the sword because of their insolence, uh, because of the insolence of their tongue. Uh, this shall be their derision in the land of Egypt. Treachery refers to faithlessness. They were deceptive, they were faithless untrustworthy, unreliable. They don't shoot straight with the Lord. The Lord wanted straight arrows in his quiver, but Israel was, was treacherous and deceptive. Shoots him and they don't shoot straight with him. What images here from Hosea? Powerful metaphors and similes to describe how Israel was flawed in her character. And despite Israel's bad character and her false repentance and her shallow confessions, which are all over the book of Hosea, the Lord continued to pursue her with his loyal love and to put before them his magnificent mercy. Do you remember how the kids were named? You know, no mercy. I will not have any mercy on you. But in the vacillating emotions of the Lord, one minute he's saying, no mercy for you, and the next minute, <laughs> I want to pour out my mercy upon you. Mercy is different than grace. Grace is um, uh, that which God gives us, which we do not deserve. Mercy is that punishment or discipline he withholds from us that we do deserve. God wasn't extending grace, in this case, to Israel. He says, I have mercy for you because according to our covenant relationship, you deserve punishment. Now, let me just clarify something here. If you're a child of God through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us that Jesus' death upon the cross was a propitiation. In other words, it means it satisfied the wrath and the punishment of God. So God is not punitive with his children but he does discipline his kids, like a father disciplines his children. And he's never punitive 
or disciplinary for the sake of punishment or discipline. It's to win us back after all other attempts to win them over with his loyal, steadfast love and his magnificent mercy have failed. Still ahead, the rest of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Hosea, God's Loyal Love, right here on Something Good Radio. Somethinggoodradio.org is the place to go to hear any of Ron's messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. When you stop by, check out the new Something Good digital library where you can search to find answers to your biblical questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. You can stream for free and on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Something Good exists only through the faithful prayer and financial support of friends like you. And for your gift to Something Good Radio today, Ron wants to bless you with a new digital resource that goes along with the series you're hearing now, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Ron has written an ebook based on the 12 minor prophets of the Old Testament, Hosea through Malachi. And it's our gift to you for your generous gift to Something Good today. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org that's somethinggoodradio.org, or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. And now let's get back to Ron as he shares the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, Hosea, God's Loyal Love. And so what we find um, all the way back about to chapters one and two. Chapters one is, you know, introduces us to this turbulent romance. It introduces us to the children, to their names and what they illustrate. But as quickly as the Lord rolls that out, chapter two begins and here comes the, the roller coaster ride. I feel like I'm at Six Flags over Texas or someplace like that. Chapter two and verse one, say to your brothers, you are my people. And say to your sisters, you have received mercy. There's a play on words here in the Hebrew language. Did you catch that? Lo Ruhama became Ruhama, and Lo Ami became Ami. As quickly as God said, no mercy, he shouts, mercy, mercy. I just want to to pour my mercy upon you. I have an abundance of mercy to give to you if you will just repent and return to me. It's interesting how the Apostle Peter picks up on uh, the story of Hosea. Uh, The New Testament writers were good students of the Old Testament prophets, especially the minor prophets. Peter, on the day of Pentecost, preached his first sermon, do you remember? And he quotes from an Old Testament minor prophet named Joel. We'll get to Joel in a couple of weeks. But in his first epistle, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 10, Peter is talking about Hosea when he says, once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. This is the testimony of a New Testament believer. And that's the good news. God is always more committed to us than we ever will be to him. As a child of God, through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I believe the scripture says, no, you can't lose your salvation. Any more than the promises of God to Israel became nay. No, he'll fulfill every promise all the way to the end of the age. And that gets us into Bible prophecy. But it wasn't beyond him to send his kids to time out. 
after, after every opportunity he gave them to respond to his loyal love and his magnificent, magnificent mercy, Hosea teaches us that spiritual adultery grieves God's heart, but he never stops loving us. He never stops offering a way home. Never stops offering his mercy. And maybe those are the words that uh, a prodigal son or daughter needs to hear today. Uh, Maybe you're somebody who uh, has become a friend of the world. You're a child of God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but you've drifted. You're a spiritual adulterer. You're more a friend of the world than you are a friend of God. You're acting like a child of the devil, not the child of God that you really are. Or maybe it's possible that you're here today and you've never been born into the family of God by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You may have religion. You may be trusting in your own good works and, hey, I'm, I'm better than this person over here or that person over there, kind of a comparative religion and theology. But that doesn't do it. For by grace we're saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Jesus said to Nicodemus, a very religious man, you must be born again. And maybe you're here today and you're, you're, <laughs> you're trying to live like a child of God when you're a child of the devil. Because if you're not a child of God by faith in Jesus Christ, whose child are you? The devil's. Those are the options. But here's the good news. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases His love is loyal. He is far more committed to us than we will ever be to him, whether you're on this side or that side of the cross. And if you're on that side of the cross, he's he's running after you. He's chasing after you. If you're on this side of the cross and you're a prodigal son or a dog, he wants you to come home. He's running after you. The question is, will you respond? Unfortunately, we know from history, uh, Israel did not respond. And the Assyrians came and took the 10 tribes in the northern kingdom captive. Sad story. Prophet after prophet, uh, message after message, warning after warning. And the Lord was justified in doing what he did. Same, same thing in the southern kingdom. They were a little bit better. Some of the kings were good. There was not a single king in the northern kingdom, starting with Jeroboam, that did what was right in the eyes of the Lord and just led generation after generation after generation of Israelites into idolatry and the immoral pagan practices that Jeroboam introduced. I don't know where you are today, friend, you know, um, but the Lord loves you more than you can possibly imagine. And he's more committed to you than any human relationship. Maybe it's hard for you to, you know, give yourself and to trust the Lord because you, you, you've had a lover betray you. And that has, you know, we all have trust issues, Right? But maybe your trust issue is because somebody betrayed you and and it's hard for you to trust anybody, let alone the Lord. His love is loyal. 
his commitment to us. He takes his covenant seriously. He did with Israel. And that blood covenant that Jesus made with us on the cross, he takes that one serious too. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. But one of the refrains we're going to hear through the minor prophets over and over again, some to the northern kingdom, many more to the southern kingdom, is return to the Lord your God. Return, 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 return. And you'll never turn to return, but that you'll find your loving Heavenly Father looking at you saying, come on home. Come on home. I have an abundance of magnificent mercy. Your name was Lo Ruhama, now it's Ruhama. I got more mercy for you than you could possibly imagine. Your name was Lo Ami. You were acting like you were not my child. Come on, come on home, child. Just come on home. And let's clean up that past. And let's change that behavior. And you start acting like the child of God that I made you to be. Thanks for being here for today's Something Good radio message, Hosea, God's Loyal Love. Dr. Ron Jones joins me now. And Ron, I think sometimes when we as believers sin against God, we feel as though he is distant, disappointed, even angry at us for having failed. But Hosea paints a bit of a different picture, doesn't it? It really does, Brian. It's a wonderful illustration of God's mercy and his love. It's a a portrait of the very heart of God toward those who have come to faith in Christ. You know, Brian, I think what we do from time to time when we sin is to create God in our own image instead of letting him tell us through his word who he really is. We're so used to making mistakes and so used to the way people, ourselves included, respond to human sin that we attribute those same feelings or actions to God almost without even realizing it. But here in Hosea chapter 11, uh, God notes the sin of Israel, but instead of talking about demonstrating his wrath, he says things like, I will not execute my burning anger, and I will not come in wrath. And he doesn't, Brian. He never leaves us alone, and he never comes to us in wrath or condemnation once we have come to faith in Christ. It is Satan, not God, who condemns. God may bring discipline to his children, but never wrath. And his discipline is always perfect, designed for healing, not harm. It is much like um, physical therapy after knee surgery. It's painful, but it's helpful. It's not punitive, and quite literally, it's healing and therapeutic. So let me just encourage anyone who is uh, guilt-ridden because of sin— You may think that the holiness of God makes it all the more certain that he will visit his wrath upon you, but it is precisely the opposite for those who are in Christ. Uh, It is God's transcendent holiness that makes him unable to come to us in wrath. Just one more reason why the gospel of Jesus Christ is such good news. That's Dr. Ron Jones with an encouraging word about the tender and merciful heart of God towards his children even when they stray from his perfect will. Before we go, Ron, how about telling us what's in store for us tomorrow as you continue your teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Well, Brian, our next stop on the ultimate road trip through the Bible is the book of Joel. And let me tell you, it's not for the faint of heart. One of the phrases Joel uses many times in his prophetic book is, the day of the Lord. 
this is a future event yet to take place, a, a period of time in which God will deal with the wicked men directly and dramatically in fearful judgment. You know, for the past couple of days, we've talked about the way the Lord deals with those who are in Christ. We've talked about his mercy, his tenderness toward us, even when we are wayward and sinful. Uh, he does not come to us in wrath. But here in Joel, uh, we will see the way God will one day approach all those who have rejected his free gift of salvation. And on that day, he will most certainly come in wrath. That's where we're headed next time as I continue my teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. That's tomorrow when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Joel, The Awesome Day of the Lord. Join us then for Something Good for Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio. I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.